Hello, everybody. This is uh, Mike Kronoski. I am the Vice President of Christian Hunters America. Today is a, a great day. It's, a, it's an exciting day for CHA. Um, a lot of people call Christian Hunters America CHA. It's our abbreviation, but um, CHA is now in our 19th year. It was originally established in 2001 as Desert Christian Archers, DCA. So back then, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Dick King who was the founder of DCA and had this vision of bringing Christ-minded, Christ-like-minded individuals together um, through the outdoors and training. So from there, um, he started Christ, our Desert Christian Archers, and then as it grew, um, the first year, it had a handful of individuals, and they posted this advertising saying, free Havelina hunting seminar. And it was posted at Arizona Game and Fish Department, some local hunting shops, and here I was, a Christ follower, you know, involved in in the church and, you know, liked it and also loved hunting. So, of course, it was a natural fit. So I said, I got to go check out this Havelina hunting seminar. So lo and behold, I, I show up there and and uh, they're talking Havelina hunting. It was, it was pretty incredible. So when I think back to 2001, social media is not what it is today. It was, a lot of it was done by flyers and word of mouth and things like that. And I was just so blown away that I, I got involved. And here over the next 19 years, from 2001 to when it was established, and I jumped in in 2002. You know, it's been a, a big part of my life and, and what I do. So, um, one of the things about CHA is when we rebranded to Christian Hunters America, we realized early on, and as we were doing all of our functions through about 2014 ish, somewhere around there, is that we were representing the archery community, Desert Christian Archers. But everything that we did had to do with all conservation, all outdoor groups, and hunting methods. So we knew that we didn't want to just limit ourselves to archery hunting. So we brainstormed as a board and had this vision of Christian Hunters America that we wanted to represent all hunters, um, no matter where you're at, what your love is, if it's muzzleloader hunting or rifle hunting or pistol hunting or whatever it may be, or archery or crossbow, that we were, it was an all-inclusive group. So, so we started that path and rebranded to Christian Hunters America, and that's where we are today. Um, so next, I'm going to introduce uh, Chet Gray. Um, he's one of our board members, and uh, we're excited to have him. And one of the things about Christian Hunters America and DCA is we have always been a volunteer organization. Um, there is no paid positions. Everything that we do is based on individuals that want to give back and make a difference in the lives of others and our community through our organization. Hello, everybody. This is Chet Gray, um, board member on Christian Hunters of America. I first became aware of Christian Hunters of America back when they were called Desert Christian Archers. If any of you are familiar with the Arizona Game and Fish Outdoor Expo that's hosted up at Ben Avery Range every March, they have an outdoor expo that's very gear, geared towards children and giving back. They have lots of exhibits involving different animals, whatnot. And one of the very first booths and or exhibits that you see when you first enter uh, is was Desert Christian Archers. And that year I had both my sons with me along with my wife and Desert Christian Archers DCA was hosting a 3D archery shoot and their little bows so that you can get kids behind a bow for the first time with several different animals at, you know, really close distances. 
and it was just to give uh, give back, and it was a way for people within Desert Christian Archers to allow people to get kids involved so that they could shoot a bow for the first time, or even adults for them to shoot a bow for the first time, and also pass out literature and let them know what DCA is all about. Prior to that, I had no idea um, who they were or what they were about. Fast forward and saw that in their literature and on their website that they had meetings once a month on the third Tuesday of every month, and I decided to, to go to one and uh, ended up being really informative and really started to like it, went to a few more and started to... Uh, really getting along with quite a few of the people that were instrumental in bringing me on. Um, one of them is Mike and Dave, who are the president and vice president of CHA. Right when I was coming on, they, and being active in the group is when that time change of uh, switching from Desert Christian Archers over to Christian Hunters of America. And we have four seminars every year one of the very first big seminars that I went to was the Havelina seminar in January and then the turkey hunting seminar that we have in March. And we ended up having uh, Jay Scott on the March, and that was probably 20, 2015, maybe 2016, five, year, five or four or five years ago. And Jay Scott talked about turkey hunting along with his partner, Dar Colburn. And a lot of outdoorsmen know both of them as being guides here in Arizona and very active in the hunting community. Um, they had a lot of information, but what kept me coming back was all the core core staff from Christian Hunters of America and started going to every meeting. Like we said, it's the third Tuesday of every month. We always have it at Calvary Church in Central Phoenix. And um, we had a couple more, the elk seminar that a lot of people are familiar with that happens in July prior to elk season starting off. They, it requires a lot to get involved in that, um, bringing in all the other sponsors. It's our biggest fundraising event of the year. And uh, with CHA always being a volunteer-based, all of us give back because of it's our way of providing fellowship and it's our way of giving back, and we bring more people into Christ um, with all of us being like-minded outdoor individuals and uh, started volunteering a little bit more and fast forward a few years and a little over a year ago I was brought on as a board member and just 100% honest I wasn't always a Christ follower. Uh, it wasn't until my mid-30s that I started coming back and having a lot more faith. I was raised in, a, in going to Sunday school and whatnot but drifted away a little bit and uh, just because of my profession uh, I've seen a lot of different things in my life that made me question a lot and with that uh, CHA and a lot of the board members on there were instrumental in bringing Christ to my life and making me a believer again and having a lot more faith and putting my faith in God and knowing that he's in control at all times and we may or may not know the reason for things, and uh, we're all human, we still question stuff sometimes, but we trust in that faith and trust in the fact that he's in control 
and he knows best. And uh, us being outdoorsmen and hunting runs through our blood. Um, but first and foremost, we're a fellowship, and we bring everybody together from all walks of life, all faiths. Even though we're a Christian-based organization, everyone's allowed to come to Christian Hunters of America. We've had people from all walks of life, and we've had people that don't believe in God at all um, just to see if we were inclusive, come to some of our events. And I couldn't be happier to be a part of this. Um, here it is, 2020, a crazy year of 2020 where we're in unprecedented times, and I know people are tired of hearing that, but we are. And uh, we are very blessed with Christian Hunters of America that we've been able to consistently hold our raffles that uh, many of our followers have been able to uh, partake in. We, we do lots of free raffles throughout the year. We give back. We have lots of mentored hunts for youth and for adults that have never hunted before. We give back to uh, different wounded warrior organizations and partner a lot with Eddie Corona with Outdoor Experience for All, where they take in kids that are uh, diagnosed with debilitating diseases or um, different type of treatment plans, whether it be uh, cancer or they're, they're facing just difficult times or wounded warriors, wounded vets that are unable to hunt like they normally would. And when those tags get donated to Outdoor Experience for All, we love partnering with them and Eddie Corona and we love being involved in the conservationship of the animals. We love educating people, and those are some of our core pillars with the fellowship of the ministry, the seminars, and uh, just bringing people closer to God and experiencing the great outdoors uh, with like-minded individuals and friends. We have lots of good content coming up. We have a YouTube channel that you guys have been watching, and we appreciate that. Um, several of our board members are actively involved in trying to get all this stuff content put out and uh, we can't wait to share future podcast episodes with a lot of informative information that we hope you guys will ensure will um, will enjoy all right thanks chet that was uh it's always impressive to hear um how we come together and the, the amazing thing i think when i look at cha and where we are today is christian hunters america is everybody that's on the board we have literally hundreds of members that are part of CHA that we all come from different backgrounds, experiences, education, different cultures, you know. I mean, it's it's truly amazing to know that have the word Christian Hunters of America with the word Christian that you can have such a diversity and in, in individuals. I mean, we have so many that come that I've met that they don't go to church, they don't believe in God, they, they don't do the stuff, but, but they come to our events because of who we are as people and, and what we represent, so... And the idea behind us through Christian Hunters America is impacting lives of others through the outdoors. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that's different for us is there's lots and lots of organizations, a lot of different things, but we're, our main focus and the reason why we're having this podcast and why we hope it's going to be a success and it's going to be up to you as our followers and through our background is we want to be interviewing all the different outdoor conservation groups, Game and Fish, all the small business owners, anybody that has the impact or has an influence on the outdoors is what we want to kind of bring. So with that, we have a, another board member with us today, and, and what we're going to be doing on this first podcast is kind of introducing 
the board of CHA. And again, we're all volunteers. We all have different things. And I remember years ago when when Bill came on, uh, we introduced him to some archery coos deer hunting. And I think sometimes we forget that through CHA, we have some really good hunters in this group. And I remember taking Bill out on a couple of coos deer hunts and he shot a couple of coos deer. And now I can't get him to go hunting anymore because he's got three kids, you know, he's got a young daughter, he's got two boys and, you know, and that's what it's about. Sometimes now it's the shift of the hunting side to impacting the lives of, of your children and your family and, and supporting your wife and allowing your kids to raise. And I think sometimes all of us get in that mix of life and doing the stuff that we love to do, but we leave our families behind. And I think what you're going to hear from Bill is he is a testament that basically gave up hunting. He probably hasn't even hunted for himself in the last five years, but you look at the impact he's doing with his two boys and his daughter and and that's really what we got to do is we got to be fathers and we got to be and lead as husbands, you know, for our wives and, and to change a culture. And, and here he is still involved in CHA as a volunteer doing a lot of things on the side, but you would never know that he hasn't really hunted. So with that, Mr. Bill, welcome. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Chet. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Fantastic. It's a great day. It'll start me out choking out already, huh, Mike? <clears throat> I, know, I know how to make you tear up and cry. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more powerful than a, than a man tearing up that his love for his family. I mean, I think that's something that is lost in our, in our culture and our society across the world is, you know, it's, it starts with men and they got to lead their families and be that foundation for them and make a difference. Amen to that. Amen. So I'm trying to remember back. So what was your, so DCA started in 2001. I got on in 2002. And my brain is racking trying to figure out what year you came on. Do you remember what year you came on when you first got involved? Yeah. Peyton was born in 05, and it was probably right around that time when I came on. So 15 years you've been involved. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was thinking about that the other day. Somebody asked me how long I've been at my job. I'm like, 21 years? I'm like, that's – I never thought of being somewhere that long, let alone a club for that long. <clears throat> nope, that is true. So uh, what? So 15 years ago, I know it's hard to remember back because we blink and the years just roll by, and the you know, here it is, 2020, and I just remember – as everybody knows, the the craziness of 2020 in March came and it seemed like the whole world stopped. But here it is, almost October, and uh, we've gone through all these months, you know, and we're on the other side now. You go back 15 years when you first started. So, what do you remember about first getting involved when you first saw DCA Desert Christian Archers back in then? Uh, when I first came to DCA back then, I really wasn't hunting much. Um, a pastor of mine at the time happened to be my cousin had said, hey, I know this group, let's go check it out. Um, and I, it was really interesting to me. But the biggest thing that drew me in was just the love. Um, everybody brought you in. Like I said, I hadn't hunted since I was 11 years old probably, and everybody brought me in willing to listen to me, willing to let me become a board member. I don't even know if it was let me now. But, <laughs> but the love that everybody brought and opened up, in a community that wasn't very easy to get into. Um, it was a hard community to be a part of because people didn't want to expose their secret spots or their special stuff. And so it was hard to get into that hunting community if you didn't already have that in with family and things. And so DCA just opened the, those doors up and opened their arms up and allowed me to come in. And like I said, listen to my voice and didn't shut me up or tell me that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, just allowed me to, to be a part of it and listen and learn. And nobody was unwilling to show me what 
I wasn't willing to learn. You know, if I went and asked anybody, including yourself, Mike, and Mike's correct, he did take me and uh, get me a couple white tails, and it's been beautiful, and I, I haven't been back just because my kids are, I'm enjoying hunting with my kids right now. But um, <clears throat> that that's really what truly brought me to stay, um, not just become a director, be a board member, but to actually stay and to continue because you do, you have to make a choice. What What's going to take you away from your family? Um, and those things that are important, if they take you away from your family, then you'll make that kind of time. But if, if they're not really that important, then your family's going to come first and is always going to overcome that. That is true. And I'm still remember back into that coos deer hunt. I remember uh, I got a text. Um, hey, I just hit one. I said, just sit there, be quiet. Wait till I get to that. I remember walking up to your blind. I don't know if you remember you saw that. I do. You come come out of the blind and uh, you're walking to me. I'm like, where'd you hit it? And you walk over and pick up your arrow. And we start following the blood trail and kind of go around that little bend. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And all of a sudden there it was piled up in the trees. You remember what you said about the Ted Nugent? Remember that phrase? The first thing you said was the Ted Nugent phrase. Remember that? That's right. Back. Uh, backstrap assassin. Backstrap oh. assassin. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, he walks up. His, his arms are raised up and his fist pumping and he's all excited and. He's like, Ted Nugent, backstrap assassin. Mom, and he's like, I'm calling Mama. We're bringing home the food. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it's all about, though. It's, it's that, you know, the hunting and the impact. And, you know, and, and here, uh, you know, Bill's a, a complete testament that we're a hunting organization, but you don't have to be a hunter. You know, you just have to want to get involved and make a difference, love conservation and the outdoors and get your kids involved. And then as his kids got older, I remember uh, we do a lot of, mentor camps up north uh specifically for uh, new hunters up in 19a and his two boys i remember one one year he, they both had tags in 19a and want to tell a story on your first javelina hunt with the boys up there and getting them out there and getting into a herd of pigs and it was kind of fun yeah it was kind of neat uh, once again mike took us on a great journey out into the desert and um just upon sitting down, we glassed him up right away. Um, well, actually, wait, wait, because actually we sit down, and I pull, I'm pulling out my binoculars, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, isn't that pigs across the way? Remember? <laughs> yeah. You actually saw him with your naked eye. Yeah, I did. Uh, and then we, we put a pretty good stock on him. We put about a mile stock on him by the time we made a big loop and came back around. And Mike set up with my oldest boy, Wyatt, and I set up with Peyton, and kind of set up together right in the same spot so that we could take two different shots and both boys were able to harvest and I remember Peyton shot his and he ran down into the little ravine or whatever mm -hmm. and he was laying there still breathing a little bit and Mike says shoot him again and I said no let him die and he says no shoot him again he says, no and then he gutted him and I says now you gotta help me clean him Mike <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but that's what it's all about. And I remember the, the boys' excitement, high five, and the, the smiles. And you know, it was just it was truly an amazing time to be able to watch two brand new young youngsters, you know, get out there and get behind the rifles and make good shots and and get in there and get dirty and help carry them out. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and then with our mentor camps, you know, we usually have about forty to eighty people in these camps. And you know, to watch the excitement when we pulled into camp. And they had two pigs in the back of the camp, and I'll let you explain that. But there's, you know, just the, the proudness and, and the, almost like the bragging rights. You're pulling into camp, and everybody in camp's always waiting. Hey, did you guys get anything? And then you see those two boys, you know, get up and run out there and fist waving and jumping and the smiles saying, 
why don't you come take a look at the back of the truck? <laughs> yeah, they were both super excited. They both really enjoyed that. Um, it's you can't explain their excitement. You know, they sometimes they they get so excited they want to scream and yell, and sometimes they don't even want to talk. But um, it, it's a very proud moment when your boys are able to show off um, game that they've harvested uh, for the family to enjoy. All right, Bill. Well, it's exciting to have you here um, again. We're going to be kind of interviewing the rest of the board and kind of doing introductions. And Why is Christian Hunters America down here at the pod? And why is Christian Hunters America, CHA, um, doing a podcast? So this is actually a, a vision of one of our board members, Chet. Um, we've been with CHA. Um, I've been since 2002. It was actually established in 2001. And our friend Martin's here, who's one of the owners of the pod. How's it going, guys? All right. So Welcome, uh, Martin. Yeah, yeah. So... So everybody's wondering, how did this uh, Christian organization um, get into wanting to do a podcast? And, and actually, it was kind of a, one of those things that kind of just fell in our lap. And I've known Martin quite a few years, um, actually, from the Phoenix Suns days, back when we were both kind of had an experience mm -hmm. with the Phoenix Suns. And um, Martin's done a lot of filming for us. If you guys ever seen any of our YouTube videos and some of the stuff that we did early on, he's he's the creator, and that's his workmanship. And and all of a sudden, I get this. Uh, actually, I'm on social media, Facebook, and I see, hey, be prepared. We got this uh, new opportunity coming. So I'll let you kind of talk about that, Martin, and what yeah. you guys are doing down here. And we're excited to be down here and, and building a relationship and uh, with you guys. So Yeah, which is crazy because, um, you know, we haven't really been in touch for so many years. And, you know, we made an announcement this year in the middle of all this craziness happening in 2020 with the pandemic going on, you know, that we're... Me and a buddy of mine uh, joined forces to open up a uh, podcast studio, you know, recording studio to uh, start a new business venture aside from my other business. And, um, you know, I just get a random message from Mike saying, hey, um, we're actually thinking about starting a podcast. I'm like, really? Well, I'll have a space for you guys very shortly then, <laughs> if that's the case. Nice. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And I think with the podcast, so I'm going to let chat because... Uh, Chet's been trying to get me to come to the dark side of podcasting for over a year now. And he is the ultimate podcaster, and he could probably throw out any podcast, and he could probably tell you word for word and all their stories and everything else. So tell me why you enjoy podcasting so much, Chet. I think podcasts are super popular nowadays just because um, everybody's super busy. Um, we all have lives, like we've talked about earlier. We all have – most of us are married. Most of us have kids, and even if you're not, you're running from day to day just because society dictates that you're going to be uh, super busy if you're employed. That's right. It seems like um, it's a perfect way to get information. If you don't have time to watch TV, if you don't have time to uh, watch shows, if you're a driver, uh, delivery driver, or if you have a long commute or you're going out of town, it's just a, a really good way to get information on any subject that you want. And, uh, being in a vehicle, uh, half of my day, I get to listen to a bunch, and there's a lot of good content, and there's a lot of okay content out there. I, I haven't heard necessarily a bad one, but you can search, and as anyone that's listening to this knows that you look what you want. I mean, uh, what you're into, what you're interested in, you can search by that title. We're Christian Hunters of America, so we're a faith-based organization that is involved in hunting. Um, I think it'll bring a lot of people will, will really enjoy what we have to offer. Uh, we have a lot of good content. We have a lot, a lot of experienced hunters that have a lot of information. 
that people can learn from. Uh, Mike's been my mentor since I've been with CHA, and uh, he's been a lot of people's mentors. A lot of people have gathered um, a lot of good techniques uh, based on Mike's willing to give that information. And I think with everybody busy, like we discussed, when you're in your car and you have 30 minutes, you have an hour, um, you can stop it at any time. Right. And you can listen to that information. I I enjoy listening to them from start to finish so you don't kind of lose that train of thought. But that's the good thing about podcasts is uh, you can start it and stop it at any time, pick it back up. Um, if you're on a cliffhanger and mm-hmm. someone's telling a story or someone's in one of our future ones, you're listening to a how-to, uh, you can always go back to it. It's going to pick up right where you left off. Uh, I've brought Mike, as he says, to the dark side just because I've listened <laughs> to, to quite a few. Yep. Um, when he's on a, a long commute, heading up north or heading to a hunt, um, I've shared a few with him that he's enjoyed and we're never too old to learn. Um, he's, right. he's caught a couple people given not misinformation, but not necessarily correct information. Mike has been hunting in Arizona for a long, long time. And um, some people don't want to give up honey holes. A lot of people don't, and we, we don't blame them. That's your spot that you've worked extremely hard for. But uh, Mike's picked up on a couple couple things that people have talked about on podcasts mm-hmm. that uh, – are not always, not untrue, but just the fact that, uh, no, that's incorrect, or they misquoted uh, right. a reg or something like that. Like, nope, the Arizona changed this. He'll recite exactly when that new reg got put in place in 2015 on the spring regulations, and and this is why. And Mike's deeply involved in, in uh, going to some of those Game and Fish commissioner meetings when the public is allowed to come and uh, voice their opinion and give thumbs up or thumbs down on future rules that, that may or may not be implemented. Yeah. And, um, just to piggyback on what you're saying, not to get too preaching, you know, I know you guys are faith-based and, you know, I'm also obviously a believer and, um, believe in God and, um, thing about podcasts, what's great about it, you know, it's, it's very informative, you know, it adds value depending on what you're listening to. It adds value into your own life, whether you're trying to learn how to do, like, run a business or learn how to market. I know for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts that pertain to just being an entrepreneur, how to be a better man of God for your family and stuff like that. And so, you know, one thing that I think about is, um, you know, the word says to go after wisdom. You know what I mean? I feel like podcast is just another source of wisdom. That's right. Because at the end of the day, wisdom is much greater than any money and Absolutely. when and when you really think about yep. it wisdom brings you money anyways exactly. so so in the sense like god's telling you you know pursue after wisdom that's in the sense like your money maker if you really think about it but at the end of the day it just wisdom that brings more value you know just recognition for him but also recognition um to just bring value for your own life for your family for your 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 kids and business, whatever, your workplace, coworkers, all that, you know? Absolutely. That's my own little preachy, but... <laughs> no, and that's fantastic, and that's why Christian Hunters America was basically founded with those, those principles there, right. and, and I think what you're going to find through this podcast and why we're so excited to be here at the pod is 
our full our full focus is interviewing and getting to know all the different organizations that are in Arizona, outside of Arizona, from hunting groups to developers to it could be Sportsman's Warehouse. You know, it's it's going to be a, a a very large group of individuals and telling their story. We have a lot of nonprofit organizations out there that are conservation groups that work very closely with Arizona Game and Fish Department. So we want to bring them in. So the idea is we're going to be interviewing and getting the story as it relates and like what was brought up earlier by Chet and Martin is you're going to be learning. There's there's a lot of gold in what they're going to be, the value and what you're going to learn because you have a lot of highly successful individuals, business owners, nonprofits that have a great following of, you know, of supporters and they're going to tell their story and why they make such a great difference. And I think that's our platform. Then we have the other platform as you're going to get to know Bill, one of our board members for a long time is he, he is our hugger. He's our family guy and he's the one that brings it back down. So, you know, you know, I'll, Kind of talk a little bit about why family is so important and everything that we do with Christian Hunters American House can relate and what we want to protrude through these podcasts is we're a family organization. It's it's about involving our wives and our kids and our grandkids and our grandparents and friends and family, anybody that has an interest in being part of it. One thing I love about Christian Hunters America is I, I have no trouble bringing my kids to a meeting. I don't have to worry about what's being talked about on the up front, I don't have to worry about what the conversations are around. Not that my kids aren't exposed to that kind of stuff, whether it's at school or those kind of things. But they see that I'm going to something that matters, something that's teaching the Word of God along with the love for outdoors and the love for the community. And if you're going to do something in life, you want it to be something that you enjoy. But it's got your family has to enjoy coming along with you from time to time. You do need your own time, but if every time away is alone, then what do you do with your family? And so um, my family loves to be in the outdoors with me. They love to camp. They love to hunt. My kids are getting to that age where hunting is becoming um, something they think about when we're in the outdoors. You know, can we hunt squirrel for camping or, you know, that kind of stuff? Can we hunt dove during the summer or, you know, whenever? So it's neat to have my kids asking me those questions. And to be able to bring them to that organization, whether we're out in the forest doing a Avelina camp or we're doing just a monthly meeting, wish we could get back to them, but we will eventually. But um, when we do, I got no issue bringing my kids there. And I know they're protected in the way that we have them set with uh, Calvary Community Church and the way it's set up for the playground and the basketball court and things there. They're safe. And it, everybody treats them like they're part of the group. They're not just there um, from the top down. Mike, Chet, everybody, they all know my kids' names. They all know what's going on, and that's just neat. It, it makes you feel loved and welcome. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm involved as a volunteer. It's, just, it's the difference-making of we're, we're making a difference for generations. And I truly believe that, and we're impacting our community. So with that, that's kind of uh, our introduction. As you're kind of seeing, we're going to be – we have a bunch of other board members through CHA, and what you're going to hear – is the introductions of a few other keyboard members and kind of this is our first podcast it's very exciting to kind of set the foundation of who we are what we are and what we represent and kind of what our goals and philosophies are and then to be able to partner with with the pod i mean it, it's it's exciting we never really visioned to have our own and here it is that it's going to be good well just to interject i think bill's probably the very first board member that i ever met because when i talked about going to the Arizona Game of Fish Outdoor Expo, he and his kids are always there volunteering. And whatever year it was, 2015, I think, 
his kids um, and himself were volunteering at our CHA or at the time DCA booth where we ran that 3D archery hunt, excuse me, 3D archery shoot where we have those targets set up. And his kids are older than mine. I have two little boys and they've taught them how to, you know, pull a bowstring back or he taught them how to do that. And this is what this animal is. And you're talking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, as you get older, it seems common sense and common knowledge, but we bring it back down to the person who may or may not know what a bighorn sheep has ever seen or or has ever touched uh, any type of archery equipment. So that was my first experience. And I think Bill, like I said, was one of the very first people with uh, DCA slash CHA that I ever met and uh, handed me that pamphlet and the rest is history. We have Dave Myrick, who's uh, our informal leader, and uh, he's gonna give us a brief history on how he got involved in Christian Hunters of America and where it all started. Well, we actually started out as uh, Desert Christian Archers back in 2001. Um, that was actually a chapter of Christian Bow Hunters of America. I was not one of the founders of that. That was actually found by another gentleman here in Phoenix named Arvid Viedmark. Uh, him and some of his friends and family, including a, a good friend of mine, Mr. Dick King, uh, was on the original uh, board of directors with those guys. I did attend the very first meeting um, that they had, and it was more just a planning meeting. It was to see what type of interest there was. It was over at the Calvary Community Church on uh, I-17, just south of Thunderbird, and uh, just went in there and chit-chatted with about seven or eight people. Um, their board of directors, which consisted of, I believe, six people, and uh, we just decided kind of on a format that we wanted to work with. And at the time, I was just a member and we actually uh, started meeting the third Tuesday of every month, every month over there. We actually started meeting the third Tuesday of every month over there at Calvary Community Church. And it started off kind of small, but there was, there was quite a bit of interest. And uh, we had a, a lot of guys coming in that were, you know, a lot of the serious bow hunters and stuff like that. At the time, we were, you know, a, basically a bow hunting organization. Um, and it, after about probably... Oh, close to a year or so, I think Arvid, he had a couple of young kids at home and he started losing a little bit of interest and started putting his feelers out for somebody that uh, might be interested in, you know, maybe taking over the leadership role there. And, and I started really thinking and praying about that. And I thought it might be a good opportunity at the time. Uh, I was, uh, did not have any kids and, um, always been a, a worker, so I wasn't afraid of that at all, and ended up taking over as far as the leadership there. And we had a, a great board of directors for a lot of the same guys for a while, and some of those guys started to fade um, a little bit after a couple of years. A lot of it was the same reason, family-related reasons and stuff. Dick King was one of the ones that stuck around for uh, a long time, and Dick uh, also got very involved with the Arizona Bowhunters Association. He became the chairman he became the chairman of the Arizona Bowhunters Association, and that really started taking up a lot of his time, which was fine. Um, you know, I, I am a life member of the Arizona Bowhunters Association as well and, and think very highly of those guys. Um, really wanted to get more into something where, you know, it had a little bit something more to do with, with religion. I think that one of the most important things that we can do you know, um, if we are Christians, is to try to spread our faith. But I've also found a way that I could do that and 
be in the hunting community. And back at that time, I actually hunted a lot. I mean, I was I spent a lot of weekends uh, in the field. I uh, had a lot of great hunts with a lot of friends and stuff. But uh, I was probably spending 20 weekends a year in the field, um, hunting everything from, you know, elk to javelina to turkeys and, uh, you know, doing a lot of that kind of stuff. I've slowed down since then because I've got a couple of kids at home now. Um, They were both born in 2007. They're both adopted, a little boy and a little girl. Well, they're not so little anymore. They're both 13. But... um, you know, since then, we, we grew a lot. We started doing a lot of events. We really got into doing a lot of community service type stuff. Um, we have, for the last many years, have taken the kids through the Archery 3D course out at the Arizona Game and Fish Expo. We have uh, also done a lot of community service type stuff just for people in general. You know, we're all about the wildlife conservation and a lot of the stuff that those other groups do, but we're also about, you know, people. We're about taking care of, of our friends and families and other friends and families that need help that you know need a helping hand we've we've gone to people's houses and cleaned up their yards we've actually uh worked at churches uh we've picked up trash uh, in the national forest we've picked up trash on the roadsides we've helped mend fences um you know we've been involved with uh, water catchment repairs and and all kinds of stuff that a lot of the other organizations do but i feel like we also do a lot of really good stuff just for, you know, people in general. We uh, recently uh, just did a a fundraising raffle for cancer. Uh, We raised a lot of money for cancer and also to help out one of the gentlemen uh, that works over at Sportsman's Warehouse that's battling stage four cancer right now. In the past, we also had a gentleman named Marvin Robbins, very well known in the local um, Arizona hunting community that passed away. We were able to put together an event where we raised over $10,000 for his family. Um, We've done that with several different people and other organizations and stuff. You know, after uh, growing a lot with Desert Christian Archers, we we came to the realization that, you know, we kind of pulled our membership and stuff and talking to a lot of these people, there was such a huge, diverse group of hunters that were involved there. Everything from the guys that are, you know, actually professional hunters, um, and to guys that, you know, hunt a lot, like I used to do at one time, all the way down to guys that hunted very little and even guys that didn't even hunt really at all. They were, had an interest in it, but they really were not into hunting at all, but they came just because they enjoyed the fellowship and they thought it was something they might want to get into. And actually a, a big percentage of those people, you know, were not actual bow hunters. And that's when we realized we're kind of limiting ourselves by, just wanting to, you know, kind of cater to the bow hunters, being a chapter of, of Christian bow hunters of America. And also one of the things about Christian bow hunters of America that um, was a little different than, than what we had in mind was that you have to sign a statement of faith um, to actually be a member with that. That's, that's not how, you know, we wanted it to be. We wanted to have everybody be welcome to all of our events and even to be a member or what have you. You do not have to be a Christian to be a member of Christian Hunters of America. We welcome everybody. We're glad that you, you know, would like to come to our events. And if you want to be a membership, that's just a bonus for us. But almost everything we do is free. Uh, we do a lot of educational seminars and things like that. You know, for the community, almost all of our events that we do are totally free, you know, which is is different than a lot of the organizations. But that's what we want to do. We want to give back to people in the community. We actually ended up changing our name in 2017 in March. We launched Christian Hunters of America. 
it is something that had, uh, it, it had actually been on my heart for many, many, many years. Um, I had, uh, actually listed that trade name and uh, domain and all that kind of stuff. Oh, probably 2004, 2005 and held on to it all that time until 2017 when we finally launched. And, uh, since then, um, we've done a lot of great things. We've been, you know, growing as an organization, we have been able to do a lot of community service stuff, a lot of wildlife conservation stuff, and uh, you know, just feel very blessed to be a part of that. Yes, sir. That's uh, one of the reasons why I got involved in the early 2000s also. And, and I, I still remember my first ever meeting. is actually there was this little piece of paper. It was, it was at a corner archery. It was this little flyer that kind of looked like chicken scratch and said, come learn how to hunt javelina. I'm like, all right, I want to learn how to hunt javelina. So I walk in the door at Calvary Church and Here's this guy by the name of Dave up there speaking, and next thing you know, he pulls out this uh, certain object and says, this is the most important thing when you go out in the field. And I'll let Dave kind of talk about his most important item when he goes out in the field. <laughs> well, it's uh, certainly a joke, but it's it. I'll tell you what, at times it can be your most important item, toilet paper. <laughs> it's worth a million dollars a sheet at the right time in the right place. Absolutely. We've all been there, and we understand it. There's nothing worse than you get out there, and the coffee's mm -hmm. kicking in, and might have went through a Filiberto's or had a couple of bean burritos from Taco Bell, and boy, it's 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 all over. And that's the things that sometimes we forget when we're hitting these fast food drive-throughs in these little towns. You're you're hungry and you may not have brought all your food, and next thing you know, you're cramming down that food. And then you glass up a herd of javelin across the way, and there you go. But again, it is uh, when I think about Christian Hunters America and and where we've come, it's it's truly a testament that we're approaching the the twentieth year, and I, I think that's a testament. And uh, the other thing I want Dave to kind of hit on would be is it's an all-volunteer um, organization. So, I mean, you look at all of our board members and, and the things that we do, and it's basically done by people that are donating their time. Yeah, we're very blessed to have a lot of great volunteers for, for stuff. You know, a lot of the community service work, we will send out a, a blast uh, to our email um, recipients and, uh, you know, just ask for volunteers to do different things. Uh, last year, we actually did a trash cleanup up on I-17 um, up there on the Orm Dugas Road. And we had oh, probably 30, 40 people that showed up to help us out. That sure makes it a lot easier to get this stuff done. And everybody's happy to do that and stuff. And, and we're very blessed to have a big population of people that we can you know, send out that uh, information to and get the volunteers to do that. But uh, that's just one of the big things that we like to do, you know, other than the wildlife conservation stuff is to, is to do things like that. There's uh, different areas around the state that we will go to and pick up trash. You know, we've had people that have actually reported, hey, off the side of the road here, you know, someplace in National Forest, there's somebody had dumped a mattress and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we will just arrange for somebody to go up there and clean that out. We'll find somebody that lives in the area or we'll pay somebody to take a day to go up there and uh, get that, that uh, trash cleaned up out of the National Forest. We don't do it for the recognition and stuff. We do it because it's the right thing to do. Absolutely, for sure. And that even goes back to the YMCA. I mean, YMCA is, you know, it's known across the country and they had a great facility that was kind of falling apart. And, uh, you know, CHA helped organize a bunch of contractors and volunteers and probably did what upwards of twenty twenty five thousand dollars in construction, you know, of free labor, you know, and donated materials to help, you know, get that facility back up and running. But again, it just goes back to the testimony that it's not just a hunting organization. It's a it's a people organization making a, a difference in the lives of others. 
And the last thing I had for you, Dave, you know, as being one of our last Mohicans or, or the, the original Mohican of our CHA and DCA transition is just talk about the partnership with all the different organizations. Um, we have lots of hunting organizations and we're kind of the glue between all of them. So, yeah, we, we try to do that. It's, it's amazing to me that, uh, sometimes between the, the organizations, we really are, or a lot of us are striving for the same things, but there, it's almost like there's competition between us. And, you know, that is, that's not, something that that i i will i like to see between the organizations at all hey we're all striving for the same things we need to work together on a lot of things and i think we actually overall do a pretty good job of doing that you know we do our big elk hunting seminar every year um you know when when we do that we very often have you know seven or eight of the other you know big organizations that will actually have a booth there and stuff and i i think it's important that we all work together and you know we need to work as teams to do different things. There's a lot of volunteers that can be picked up from, you know, other organizations. We often will go and assist a, a different organization to do, you know, maybe a group uh, youth deer hunt, or maybe it's a water catchment project. And then we will have people from other organizations that will actually come, you know, and assist us in a trash cleanup or a fence mending project or, you know, something like that. And it, if we work together, we can absolutely get a lot more done. One thing, um, just along those lines, that, that I think that there's a little bit of a misconception um, about, I think, just Christians in general. I mean, we're just people. We, it's funny because I we've gone to different events, and we've actually, you know, been helping kids on a junior javelina hunt. And, you know, after we're sitting around the campfire and crack open a beer and sit around, you know, talking with the guys, and the guys from the other organization are like, you're drinking a beer? Like, well yeah I'm, I'm i'm just christian i'm not dead <laughs> it doesn't mean that we can't have fun in uh on our group javelina hunts and things like that you can talk about a mean poker game but it gets pretty rough and rowdy uh when we're playing poker uh at the nights at our uh, junior uh, mentored javelina hunt it's a lot of fun but i also see people at events like we will have a booth somewhere and i will see people walking along the aisle and they will be looking up and they will see, oh, Christian Hunters of America, and they will literally stop and turn around and walk the other way because they don't want us talking to them. I think they're afraid that we're going to try to shove Jesus down their throat, and that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to love on people. We're trying to get people excited about hunting. We're trying to educate people about hunting. One of the things about hunting, especially here in Arizona, is that it's not easy. And if you have a good mentor to take you through that or someone to show you kind of the ropes, your curve will be a lot shorter. You will get a lot more experience. You will learn how to hunt a lot better. And it keeps people interested. One of the things about being successful in hunting, people go, well, it's not all about the kill. Well, it's absolutely not. But when you bring a new hunter into the fray that has never done it before, and they're not successful after many times out hunting, they get a little discouraged. And it, for them, it's just a lot easier to take up something else that might be a little bit easier. But that's when bringing a mentor in can really make a difference. And I suggest to a lot of people that, you know, I have a lot of friends around the United States that hunt. They're professional hunters. They might guide for whitetail in Iowa or, you know, moose in Alaska or brown bears or what have you, but they have not hunted elk. And Sometimes I'll have guys that will call me because they'll be their, you know, friends of a friend or something. And they'll say, you know, what should I do? And a lot of times I will suggest you need to hire an outfitter. You need to hire somebody that knows what they're doing and come out and do it. And then next time you will know what to do. 
you know, the money spent on hiring a guide or an outfitter is, is not money wasted by any stretch, especially if you learn to do that and it's something that you want to do. And I think a lot of people kind of waste that opportunity um, when they finally draw that once-in-a-lifetime elk tag or something like that by trying to save a little bit of money and not hiring anybody or just not doing the investigation that they need to do. And they come out and they have an unsuccessful and not a very fun hunt. Well, that could have been the total opposite if they would have done a little bit more research maybe or hired a guide or you know, maybe came to one of our mentor camps first or something. It's, it's, you have to put in a lot of time with hunting. There's not a whole lot of luck involved. People can do and say what they want, but it flat out, it comes down to a practice skill. And uh, if you're with somebody that actually knows how to do that, and it depends on the species and what you're hunting and stuff, it's always different. I've had a lot of friends that have come out that are professional hunters. You know, one of my buddies is a professional hunter from, um, Alaska is where he guides. He guided for brown bears and moose and all that kind of stuff. Well, the first time he came out javelina hunting, he could not figure out why we were sitting down and, and glassing all day. Well, after the first day when we saw two or three different herds of javelina and he never saw one, he figured out that, hey, that's how you hunt these javelina. It's a little bit different looking for a javelina versus a brown bear, which is 10 times its size. That brown bear will stand out a little bit more. But, uh, Put your uh, time and effort, you know, into practicing if you're an archer and uh, same with your rifle. But if you want to get some experience, you might consider doing some of the camps that are, you know, open that Game and Fish puts together through the other organizations around the state or hiring an outfitter. Yep, all great advice. And uh, that's kind of just talks, you know, that kind of shows, you know, how how we make a difference, you know, in bringing new hunters in through CHA, through our, our seminars and our mentor camps, things like that, because they get to come in basically for free. There's no never a charge, and they're exposed to this wealth of knowledge, and they can ask any questions, and, you know, we, we kind of show them that. So, Okay, so let's hear from our, our next board member, PJ. How you doing, PJ? I'm well, Mike. How are you doing today? You're doing fantastic. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So let me tell you just a little bit about me and how I got involved with CHA. So about 10 years ago, I moved here to Arizona. And before I moved, I was doing some research and I was just kind of looking for hunting-based organizations and Christian organizations. And lo and behold, I came across Desert Christian Archers. And I remember telling my wife, this this really seems like an organization that I, I want to learn more about and, and, you know, just kind of see what they're, they're all about. So once I moved to Arizona, I started going to the meetings and got to know all the, the great people there and just really realized what a wonderful organization, just a Christ-centered organization that obviously loves hunting as well. And it was just a perfect fit uh, for me and my family. And so we just kind of got uh, heavily involved from there and you know here we are 10 10 years later and I've been on the board for probably seven or eight of those years and we've of course changed our name from Desert Christian Archers to Christian Hunters of America and that's kind of where we are today. Well I would just like to say you know everybody thank you for your support. Um, we've grown a lot over the last few years. We're always looking for volunteers. You know we're very open to that. I, th- I think one of the things that we do pretty well as an organization too is we're not, you know, it, you come to one of our meetings and stuff and say you're, you're new there and you don't know anybody. It's not like the cool kids are going to be over in the corner talking to each other. You're going to have people that are going to talk to you and, and we're interested in you as a person, you know, and, and also want to talk to you about hunting and stuff as well. But we want to know about
about you. We want to know about your family. We do a lot of family events. We're very involved with the families. You know, we uh, teach kids archery and, and a lot of different fun things for the kids and, you know, do camping trips and stuff like that. So, if, you know, if you're family oriented or not, you know, I think that uh, Christian Hunters of America would be a great place uh, for you and your family. You can follow us, you know, on Facebook. You can uh, check out our website. We're also on Instagram. So come to one of our meetings. Uh, as of right now, with the COVID deal going on, we have not had a meeting since uh, last April, but uh, we're hoping that that's all going to change here pretty quick. But uh, come check us out, and uh, we'd be glad to spend some time with you. We're going to close up for this first podcast that we've done, and we'd like to just say um, if you have an, a need for prayer in your life, as we all do, um, we ask that you contact us through our social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We also have a website uh, where you can submit prayer requests through. And if you submit those prayer requests, we will pray for those. And if you have questions, we will get back to you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer to close out this wonderful podcast. We thank you again the, to the pod for what they've given us and what they've done for us. Lord, we just ask that you be with all of us as we move about in our daily lives. And Lord, we just ask that you... Be with us with this pandemic as we continue to learn to deal with those around and to be patient, Lord. We just ask all of those things, and we ask that you give us all peace throughout the day, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>